I'm so sorry. My brothers call me. Yes. We're recording a podcast episode Sunday. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that makes sense. It makes sense. Okay, that, that that's our that's our sound bit. <laughs> that's our sound bit. Yeah, yeah. That's you, our, sound our sound bit. There sound we go. We found our sound sound bit. Thirty nine minutes into You're the podcast. You're gonna be the intro. You coming in on this is gonna be the intro. So I guess. Let's get started. Welcome back to our lunch table, even though it is 5.55 p.m. So, I don't know. Some people may have lunch now. We don't judge. Maybe you guys are having dinner. Not me, though. I'm Indian. We have dinner at, like, 10. Yeah, we have dinner at 9.30. (laughs) Okay. So, we have a multitude of things happening next week. It's very eventful. Um, starting next week, it is a week away from the paper AP world exam. So if anyone is taking that, Deb is like on the other side, seething. (laughs) She's taking Yeah, I, I, okay. So normally I'm, so I'm a full remote student, but I decided to take the paper because I cannot trust technology at this point. And if the AP test just does something wacky with my connection and I lose everything, I can't really do anything with that. The AP, the college board will just say, my bad. Here, you can take a, a two or a one, I guess. So I'm putting all my faith on the paper test. And hopefully I do good on that. And whoever else is taking a paper test, paper exam, I know there's an AP. I think APs have already started. But yes, good luck, y'all. Good luck. Yeah. As someone who's taking the digital exams, I would have taken it, but my, my, the paper test, but my parents, they're so paranoid about the whole situation. And I'm not vaccinated yet. Get vaccinated, by the way, if you are, I think it's a lot, if you are 16 and up, you are eligible. I should get it. And I told my mom I wanted to get it. She said she will, but she's going to call up her aunt and I'm probably going to get it with my cousin. So yeah, get vaccinated. Get be safe. you. So I was supposed to get the vaccine because I am 16 and I'm allowed to. And I made my appointment and on the same day, my parents go, you're not getting it. And I was like, wait, what? Why? 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 I, 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 I told my dad, like, yo, I want to get the vaccine. And he said, okay, sure. Let's make you an appointment. And, you know, we made the appointment. And I told my mom, like, mom, I'm getting the vaccine. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're not getting it. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you see her. She's, she's trying to get pregnant, so she won't get the vaccine. I was like, but I'm not getting pregnant. I, <laughs> I, want, the, I want the vaccine. <laughs> and she said, no, but there's so many things going on in the news. And I was like, you took the Pfizer vaccine. People took the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's enough science, y'all. I can understand being skeptical about it that's totally justified but if you're eligible you should try to get it i don't think the johnson and johnson vaccine has anything that it has caused some like major issues but hopefully it they'll improve that but overall i feel that the pfizer and the moderna vaccines are probably doing good my whole my entire family except my sister and i they got the the pfizer vaccine and uh yeah, obviously they had some pain for a few days. 
after the second vaccine, but they're fine. Um, nothing serious came up. So if you're eligible, if you're over 16 and you can totally get it, do it. This is not a dare. This is a demand. <laughs> no, no, no. If you're like able to, obviously, if there's there are circumstances where you can't, but you should eventually. At least yes, you should definitely you should definitely try. And if you can't get the vaccine, you're under 16. Wear your masks, sanitize, wash your hands, which we've been learning since what kindergarten. I don't know why it takes a pandemic to learn to wash your hands. Yeah, this is basic hygiene, people. It's just what? I guess people just didn't really place that pay close mind to it, but now they do. Like, oh, oh, now I have to wash my hands. Oh, oh, I can't just run my hands underwater for five seconds and say, hey, I washed my hands. No, 20 seconds, lukewarm water, nice soap. Play a song in your head. (laughs) Anyways, hot water, soap, 20 seconds, done. It's very easy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, that isn't thing that's happening ap exams vaccines but um we actually have something very uh special coming up for our english class our english class is doing this project called genius hour obviously i assume that people listening who are not in our english class or not even in our school let alone the country i don't know (laughs) uh, would know what genius hour is so i will explain it very quickly uh it is a i think it was a month-long project right i'd say month long yeah it was a month-long project we started around late february and basically we are tasked to follow our passions for a month and create something out of it and on monday we are to present a five-minute documentary about what we have done and actually present the thing that we have created. So, uh, Deb, tell us what you did for this project. Ooh, okay. So, I know a lot of people in, in our class, uh, period three especially, they've been doing, you know, things with <coughs> mental health, things with... Um, uh, cooking that's pretty cool by the way I mean I like cooking too but I would definitely burn the kitchen down <laughs> um <laughs> uh I've seen people I've seen people talk about climate change and this is all great and all but I I decided to go a different route and I'm and I did Indian folk art and with the significance of, oh, okay oh she's going Whew. into it ladies and gentlemen and esteemed guests <laughs> So, Indian folk art. There's, there's at least 30, 30 states in India. I think twenty 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 eight around twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, around twenty eight, and including the ter- also you have territories as well. India is very diverse, and nobody really talks about Indian art, Indian traditional art, Indian folk art. Nobody really talks about that because people just like to group Indians into one whole thing. Mm. Curry. Curry and, and <laughs> curry and mandalas and I'm like bro I trust trust me there's so much more to this so I did my research and for my project I opened a YouTube channel and whew, subscribe <laughs> yeah subscribe like share subscribe you know the all that jazz um and every well I tried to do every week 
I posted a video of different folk art, uh, and I tried different folk art. So my first video was on Warly, Warly, and that was 17 minutes long. <laughs> it was, it was. I just, I didn't know how to edit that much. So, you know, it was 17 minutes. It stayed at 17 minutes. And then I learned, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do more time lapses so I don't run out of iCloud storage. And the next two videos were five five to seven minutes maybe the highest i went so far is 12 minutes but yeah that's my project uh ash what about you okay fun let me grace everyone with a little backstory first so last year during quarantine actually a bit more a bit more before that i had this nice little idea about writing a story about like a fantasy adventure type of book that is based in Hindu mythology, South Asian folklore, especially South Indian folklore and South Indian culture, because nobody really knows about South Indian culture. Everyone mm-hmm. talks about, for example, everyone knows about Kaliripaita. It is a Indian, ancient Indian martial art. Nobody knows it came from Kerala. <laughs> no, I th- I th- I've seen a video on that. I think it was from... The Great Brink Story, they yeah. did a video on Gallery, and I, I learned that it was from Kerala. Like, almost, not a lot, like, when I say no one, I mean, like, no one knows, not a lot of people know, everyone just knows it's a martial art, and if you do the research, you'll find out it is from Kerala. So, that being said, South Indian mythology and folklore and South Indian variants of Hinduism are very overlooked, so I wanted to write a fantasy adventure novel about that, and I had this idea since... Yeah, like what, like I said, way before quarantine even started. And the story sort of, sort of like formulated in my head around the first phase of quarantine. And I had all these characters just mapped out and what I wanted to happen. There was a lot of things, a lot of changes that I made to it. First of all, the first thing, first change, first major change was that I was intending on it to be set in modern times. But as more as I did more research and I did more like delving i realized it would have been it'd be much better if it was set in ancient times in a fantasy world ancient times so to set the time frame i set it around probably three decades after the mahabharata war damn it's very long takes very long it's a very long time ago but don't let that fool you because it is a fantasy world so time is irrelevant i think But yeah, it takes place a very long and it is the first phase of Kali Yuga, which if you don't know is in Hinduism, there are four yugas for periods of time. Kali Yuga is the last period of time and we're actually in it. And it is the age of calamity. I know it is so fitting, especially nowadays. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Aren't aren't we in a pandemic? I'm very sure we are. (laughs) So yeah, so that's what um, the whole thing is about. This girl named Krishna, she goes around the land i call it sangam region because i had no other thing to call it uh i took it from the thummer and the malayalam era the name for that era where that those regions were like flourishing so it's called the sangam region she's traveling around she meets like all these people and all these deities she meets 10 goddesses and the rest you will find out when you read it it's called krishna and the sermon of life and writing it writing the first chapter was a challenge because when we were doing the research part of Genius Hour, we had to pick a topic and relating to the project. So the topic relating to my project was 
a lot of research on how to write a novel before actually writing the novel. And I found out a lot of things. Did you know that a lot of authors and editors discourage the use of prologues? The huh? You know, pro- you know how like prologues? Yeah, no, I know yeah. what prologues are, but wow, because there's just so many books of prologues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like say it's because too much exposition before a story, it is counterintuitive because the reader does not care about your characters just yet they want to know your characters first before they get into the story and then i thought first i was kind of baffled by it but then i realized wait they're kind of right because imagine going into a book and all of a sudden you're just faced with this huge essay of like lore and stuff like that stuff that you will eventually learn as the novel progresses and i was like i don't want to info dump on my reader so i decided that i will i was gonna do a prologue but i scrapped it and i decided to just explore the lore a little bit throughout the first chapter and then go more into it throughout the rest of the book actually i am planning on turning this into a series with five books nice wow (laughs) and yeah it's called krishna and the sermon of life she goes around collecting mantras, 10 mantras, and then she unlocks something very cool. Coming, so, yeah. from, coming from an avid book lover, I, I, I see why that makes sense, why you wouldn't want a prologue, because, you know, you, you, want, you want to be, you don't want to be exposed to the character that quickly before the story starts, you know, you want, yeah. you want mystery, you want suspense, you want to see, oh, is this character this? And I like how some stories especially novels they really they really like build up character every Mm -hmm. few chapters so that's cool and good luck on your book yay i finished the first trap oh my god for this trap (laughs) for this sorry for this project i know are you okay three weeks oh no you should yeah (laughs) so what i was saying I was saying, uh, for the chap for this project, I decided to just do the first chapter, but the first draft of the chapter. So it's kind of, you know, it it, it still needs some work, but still needs some polishing. But that is all I could have done in a month. Hey, Ali, some work is better than no work. Yeah, so that's a good start. And I think this was a good. This project was a nice. It was a breath of fresh air, I'll tell you that. Because we rarely get to talk about our passions outside of school. Like, our passions and our the stuff we do outside of school, we barely get to discuss within school. So, like, when we... When I heard that we were going to do this project, I was like, oh my god, this is perfect. This is something I've been wanting to do for a while now. So, and I have the opportunity to do it. Much like how this podcast came to be. Mm-hmm. I love how school just does that. Some of my some of my passions are so I've been doing dance for like ten or eleven years. I've been doing Bharatanatyam, and you know no nobody really accepts that as especially in school where you know some of your yeah where yeah. you you kind of you kind of just have to suppress those passions like art. Well, you don't really get to do that, and you know I I've <sighs> always wanted to continue art in even in school. But I couldn't because some teacher decided to mark me with technical and architectural <laughs> drawing. Thanks a lot, whatever your name was. <laughs> oh so, yeah, I, I couldn't continue in, in school, but I decided to continue out of school. Of course, my parents are a little concerned about this, but that's okay. They still support it. So, you know, that's yeah. cool. 
So, it, this this was a good, this is honestly one of those, like, projects where, like, I would like to do this again. Just change things a bit up. Change things a I little agree. bit. I agree. Yeah. Because. Do you want me to explain or should you? You can explain. <laughs> okay, so, when we first heard about Genius Hour, you know, all this, all the people in the class were so excited, like, oh, we get to do this, we get to do that, you know, there's there's a lot more creativity and more freedom to it than most projects we've done and then boom so <laughs> boom yeah it literally, it literally came in like like the atom bomb so alongside with the genus hour project we were reading othello yeah and with othello we were still reading it which i had no problem with but he kept dumping othello themed assignments repeatedly like he gave us the psychological report we had to do then he gave us this um alternate assessment where we had to make a trailer we had to write an essay we had to make a blackout poem and i was like hey that's great and all i understand that you're trying to get more grades into the marketing period but can you not do it while we're doing another project while we're doing another project yeah 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 and it's like so much at the same time even within genius hour instead of the actual like um doing the creativity aspect of the project we still had an essay in genius hour and he kept saying that oh this is not part of your project this is a whole separate thing it's like okay then why'd you put it then yeah like (laughs) oh my god this is not shade by the way this is just feedback it's not shade we we (laughs) actually we like the project is just maybe don't put other things with it that would be much appreciated yeah yeah like i think it's not just with this class it's a common theme with a lot of classes within our school and i'm assuming and many other people's schools the uh, obsession with just dumping more and more work since at at home school started and like hybrid school because there's the assumption that students have more time, but that is obviously not the case. We have so Psych. much. Yeah, right? Like, so much stuff. To Psych. Do. Especially with, like, um, us as sophomores taking our first AP exams. It's like, I love how this always circles back to AP, but I don't know how else to say that we are busy this year. I think we are more busy this year than last year. I'll say that. And it's even harder for full remote students because... Yeah, yeah. You know, hybrid students, they, you know, they, they can kind of get the, get, understand stuff more. And there's four remote people who, you know, if they don't hear the lesson that well, or if they couldn't really understand it, then they have to teach themselves mm-hmm. and they have to do all this and all that. And then APs and then there's other projects. So it's not say it's not like we're complaining. We're kind of just, you know, criticizing that. And we're kind of critiquing on what the school could do better if we ever get into mm-hmm. an emergency situation like this ever again, which I um, hope is there, wood, is there wood here? Okay. Touch wood. <laughs> like, it's a very, this is, this has been heard too many times, but it's again, a very unusual experience and an unusual period of time right now. And I know a lot of schools reiterate this over and over again. Like I get it. You guys are in such trying times. But here, here's a project, and you have to do it under a week. <laughs> we're still gonna grade you on everything, though, and make you feel. Yeah, like... we're still we're. Poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to get demonetized. Can you get demonetized? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. No, I've heard a lot of cussing and 
podcast i think we're fine (laughs) (laughs) this is a we're out of the school assignment phase by the way oh let me talk about that um so y'all know how like the pilot was actually a school assignment for my broadcast journalism class well today my broadcast journalism teacher um we she showed um our podcast first uh deb wasn't she's not in our class so but i was i was she i told her oh my god you need to facetime me so we facetime each other while it was being presented uh my teacher it was 45 minutes long so my teacher um played only like the first 10 minutes and then after she was like guys that was so good and i was like "Ah, hold up what I was so happy because I genuinely was just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. Oh my god, oh my god. And we were both on mute and we were just dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And then like she said, she even said like, oh my god, the rest of the class, they don't want to show theirs now. And I'm like, Uh-oh. no, guys, guys, please don't feel intimidated. 90% of that podcast episode was just the words like and um. I'm sure there, I'm sure there isn't that many like and ums in this episode. So yeah, don't we worry. learned. We learned fast. We're quick learners yeah. because of quarantine, and we have to teach everything ourselves. Ah, ha ha! Quarantine <laughs> jokes. <coughs> and yeah, she even said like, "Oh, you guys should keep doing this. It's really good." And yeah, so yeah, that was amazing. Uh, and I encourage <laughs> everyone to just take a class that's out of your comfort zone, honestly. If it's like an elective. Like I took broadcast journalism going blind. I did not think I would enjoy it as much, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really cool to see how things work behind the scenes at like news stations and how to like build a platform online and report news and indulge in pop culture. Like that's something that's kind of necessary nowadays on a very digital world where you get everything online all the informations are online i don't think anyone reads newspapers anymore right i don't think so but even if it even it doesn't even have to be a class do you just try something that is out of your that is out of your comfort comfort zone like i i started a youtube channel i'd never even thought of starting a youtube channel my parents have suggested it and i was like that's not gonna work you already know i'm only gonna get like 10 views um and i got 36 so i kind of proved myself wrong there uh, and also kind of proved myself right that i would get little to no views but hey ignoring the ignoring that fact but yeah just try something you, you don't it doesn't really matter if you succeed or fail it, you learn something at the end of the day and like that was like the, chemistry the, yeah like chemistry <laughs> My chemistry. Oh, <laughs> chemistry is getting a little easier. We're doing organic chem now. Um, just this is a advice for anyone in general. Uh, don't make stupid mistakes. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Don't make stupid mistakes. <laughs> it's inevitable, but try to like do everything carefully. Pay by attention. Way, by the way, I feel like this is a very controversial opinion. So please buckle in if you want. But time limits on a test are stupid agreed i'm sorry it's so dumb it's like and also we should allow students to retake tests yeah retaking tests no time limit i feel like i mean i get you might need a time limit like within the period but i feel like if you end up elapsing that time in the period you should get like a pass to stay back for like maybe 10 minutes or like 10 minutes max you know what i mean and And so far i only I think I only know one teacher who allows you to finish your test a little late. And I, I won't say who it is, but it's my health teacher. 
Yeah. Oh, I know who your child teacher is. Like, she's super nice. There are like she's teachers who nice. aren't forgiving. Like, there are forgiving teachers. I just think that a test should test your intelligence on a subject rather than how fast you can complete a question. That's the problem. You know, a test <coughs> is only is only a way to see how much information you can. A lot of people have said this already, and it's already like some. Oh, a test is only something that teaches you how to cram stuff. I, I'm I'm actually serious. A test is only a way to prove how much you can cram stuff in your head, and not what you actually learned. Yeah, because it's, right it's after how much take... you can memorize. Yeah, because right after you take a test, you're. I do this a lot too, so you're gonna you're I guaranteed you're gonna forget about everything the next like, period. Can, can you remember? You, like you only have to remember the alkane formula, just for one test. And, then, and I get, it. and unless you're someone who really wants to, you know, really focus on whatever field you're going into, yeah, you can definitely try to remember all these things. But I feel yeah. like we don't have to learn this way. I think it could have been, a, I feel like learning should be approached very differently. You know what I mean? And also, teachers need to stop thinking that all students learn the same way, because we don't. We are not. We are literally not even in the same situation. Like some of us are home, some ones are in school. Like some some teachers, I've heard some teachers say like compare hybrid student, hybrid and in person students to four remote students. Like, oh look, the hybrid students and the in class students are doing so much better. Their grades are in the nineties. Their grades are in the ninety fives. And look at the remote students. See, this just shows that you're not paying attention. And I'm like, I am. <laughs> Like, we are paying attention. Maybe try comedy for us. Why don't you try staying at home for five days a week and try to get down everything you need for school? And it's Just like... try. Of course, there are times where, yeah, students should take accountability when they get a bad grade. But you can only take so much accountability when you know you are knowledgeable in that subject. If that is reflected on your homework grades and on your, like, even chemistry with your lab grades, and then all of a sudden you're doing bad on a test because, spoiler alert, tests are timed, so. I feel that, yeah, I just don't think, (laughs) I just don't think tests should be timed, you know. It kind of just, it stresses your brain out more. Like, a, a test in general stresses out a student's brain. And if you just put a time crunch there, I get that you're trying to teach us that, oh, hey, in life, you're not always going to get like all the time to complete something. You're going to have a time crunch. And I understand that. But even the Regents gives you some time after three hours of a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's standardized test to give. I know they give like a lot more questions than in a class test, but they give you enough time to do all those questions like even earlier before it ends you know what i mean and even if you don't do good on the regions you can take it again because you have three chances to take it june Mm -hmm. august and january but when you're in class you only have one chance to take a test and that's a it's it's a hit or miss and i honestly think that is not a good way to measure a student because imagine if a student does want to go into the scientific field since we're talking about science but science classes right now mm-hmm. and they genuinely want to go and the their grades are all good except for tests and quizzes which is like a big part of their grade but the problem is, is that they're not that much of a good they're not that good in time management 
So really, it's not reflective on their knowledge of the subject when they are getting most of the questions right, but they're getting a whole chunk of it wrong or they're not able to get to some questions in time that affects their grade because they're, those are going to get the question they didn't do are going to get more wrong. So it's just an inaccurate way because colleges look at this. They look at your GPA and they base it off that. But I think there should be a much more um, accommodating way, if that makes sense. Like you said, applying retake retakes, that is a much more accurate way because that shows the student is willing to do better and they are not going to give up on a subject like that and not like incorporating a time limit. At least give the entire period. When I say entire period, that includes the break. And then the next class, you could just say, oh, I was taking the test. Even now, even like it should be easier now because we're home. And then we could just log in a bit later and say, hey, we were taking a test. They'll totally understand. Like I did that a lot with like Mr. Oh, wait, should I say their name? <laughs> with my English teacher and my gym teacher. <laughs> and like they said, yeah, that's totally fine. So really the teacher of the class should realize that maybe their students do want to try and they are willing to do better and they're studying at home teaching themselves the material and the test of quizzes are not reflective of what they want to of their you know determination and you know i i tried to do a little more research on this because you know if we want to if we want to improve education for future generations people who are going to be in our footsteps in our shoes when they get into sophomore year maybe we should try and i read this one report from dr joshua kim who is the director of online programs and strategies at the darthmas center for for the advancement of learning and if as most of you know darthmas is a pretty damn good university and he says what we have said too. They create unnecessary stress. Um, they're poorly correlated with understanding. And, you know, they, it just does not do anything. And in fact, it increases a, a student's chances on cheating because you're, you're, you're in such a big time crunch, you, you can't think of anything. So then you just say, oh, how about I ask him or how about I ask her for an answer? And, you know, if you're going to take a test, you'd might as you you should take it like honestly you should try answering the best you can but if we're put under a time crunch there's just an increase for cheating and and then teachers are just gonna go i've saw te- i've seen people cheat and now oh. <laughs> i'm gonna make it everyone's problem yeah yeah i totally agree and you, when you put it that way at a teacher's standpoint why would you want your kids to cheat you shouldn't you should realize there's a reason why we a lot of people cheat you don't just say oh i'm gonna cheat because i don't want to do it it's more like i'm gonna cheat because i have no options anymore i can't process this much information in such a short amount of time which is a reason why your homework grades are much more higher than a test grade because with homework grades you're sitting there you're absorbing all the information yeah, there's no time limit so you're and, if all, and if all this info is coming from a guy who works at the Dartmouth center or i'll just say dcal i think I, then i think there is a big problem yeah like if all these even these people who are literally studying this they say it's a problem i feel like as a collective teachers and schools need to realize not just the teachers like more higher up like 
principals, superintendents, the board, the school board, even like the college board should realize this is something that impacts students. And if we want them to do better, we should give them that opportunity. Not just the, not just the college board, even the Department of Education in, in total. Yeah, like so. Like I said, like all the higher ups. Obviously, mm-hmm. all the we have ups. to. We can't like blame the teachers for everything because they work under this system. And so... we totally respect that because you know, I, I know teachers do get like a low paycheck. And me wanting to be a teacher, I understand the stress that you guys are under. And we understand it's not your fault. It's whatever orders that have been given to you to give to students when probably you're thinking of something different that you want to teach the students. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I remember (laughs) in AP World, in our class, our teacher is very vocal about a lot of social issues, and she agrees with a lot of, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, so she agrees with, like, the right side of it, you know what I mean? Like, the side that... Like, oh, yeah, she agrees, like, these uh, marginalized people... That human rights is necessary. Yeah, yeah. Human rights is a thing that everyone deserves. And I remember when the week of the Capitol Hill um, insurgents... Insurrection. Yeah, insurrection. Why say insurgents? I'm sorry. (laughs) Isn't that a movie? Yeah. No, that's a book. It's It's one of those two. I think it was dystopian, and it was just as dystopian as the Capitol Hill raids. And let me tell you, I remember we were talking about see like this is they're letting so much they, these people are privileged as heck the the way that the police are just letting them in like that we were me and some other kid were talking about how it was just so it's just a very clear depiction of how america is as a as like an institution i swear to god i feel like i'm saying something so controversial right now but i'm just relaying this what is what other, this podcast is for <laughs> yeah i'm just relaying what other activists have said but, yeah, and we were talking about it, and then, yeah, our teachers, like, she was nodding, like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And then she emailed us privately, and she said, I agree with everything you said, and I wish I could have commented more on it, but the school is, like, you got to stay, I say this in air quotes, neutral. So, and that's, like, Quote, an example. Unquote. That's an example of how, like, the school systems are just, like, the education systems, they just suppress so many things, and they make the teachers do things that go against how they, like, feel. And it's, like... We can't we can't really put the blame on them constantly. Of course, there are times when like a teacher are in control, and there are times when they are in the wrong. But at the same time, when it comes to curriculum, there's a much more higher power behind that. There is. And going back to the in, in, ugh, insurrection, damn! Even I almost <laughs> said insurgent. Insurgents. <laughs> there's also another problem with just society in general is the way media portrays certain events. Like for example insurrection yeah um a lot of media channels have said like that there was only that like hundreds of people when in reality i saw this one tiktok now i know tiktok isn't usually the best place to see everything but believe me there is some good people on there on tiktok and there was this one reporter who actually went to the capitol hill insurrection um to record to record um i think it was the speech that donald trump made and she recounted everything that she saw. Uh, you know, she saw thousands of people. There were people, like, climbing over. There was people, and she even caught the point. I'm not even going to get to the point where, you know, people were saying that Donald Trump did incite the Capitol Hill insurrection because that, it could be changed. But 
yeah, it's just kind of weird to see why media would cover something that important of like that. And it's honestly, it's it's very telling. It's because they just want to protect the higher ups. <laughs> they do, and they they're afraid that you know the higher ups will attack them and you know do something and, terrible if they don't take the side of the higher ups and the privilege and we could get that that's like a whole there's a lot (laughs) and because there's a lot let's take a water break right now agreed so ash what's your water bottle look like (laughs) the same as last time deb my sub-zero my white chunky sub-zero water bottle that i am thinking about decorating because it's like white and it's like a little canvas so oh man it's like it's like the ripoff uh uh visco girl hydro flask hydro flask oh my god that was two years ago can you believe that was two years ago oh my god you want to go into our pop culture segment now why not let's do a whole mix what's popping and And our water break yep i feel like yeah it's very fitting um what should we talk about um, we said Visco girls. Let's talk about fads. Trends. Let's talk about in 2019. Yeah, 2019 um, was like the <laughs> peak of recent, the the that phase of fads that came into quarantine with the rise. 20, of- 2019 was the reason all other higher generations opposed Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole war between Gen Zs and millennials on TikTok. Here, I'm but not- why? <laughs> yeah, but why? <laughs> Leave us alone, man. No, it's like, see, I'm not on TikTok as much anymore, and it's not because oh, TikTok is such a toxic place. Social media is a breeding ground for hell, and I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't disagree you know, with that. You know damn well that you're gonna go on social media even yeah. after saying that. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that, but the real issue is that, like I said last episode, I have a lovely little time limit on my phone, my internet time, and it does not cover TikTok, so it does not work on my phone anymore. So I deleted it because it took up storage but i did i do watch a lot of commentary youtubers and they all talked about the tiktok war against gen z's and millennials and it's it started because some kid bought yoga pants it's so sad because you know i know gen i know most of gen z we're trying to just trying to keep peace trying to make a change and we don't want to fight anybody unless it's necessary we don't want to fight with millennials man we're just trying to we're just trying to i'm so sorry my brothers call me yes we're recording a podcast episode sunday <laughs> oh, okay that makes sense it makes sense okay that, that that's our that's our sound bit <laughs> that's our sound bit yeah yeah that's our sound bit there we go we found our sound sound bit 39 minutes into you're the gonna podcast. be the intro you coming in on this is gonna be the intro Good, good job. That's <laughs> Thanks a lot. A round of applause to my little brother. Thanks a lot, Bungie. He just said a round of applause for your five viewers. Bro, this is a podcast. What are you even saying? What do you mean, viewers? A podcast. Viewers? Oh, yeah, I can see sound. <laughs> oh, my God. Where which were we? You probably, which you probably can if you do the proper research. Oh, yeah, sound waves. Yeah. Ripples, ripples. I'm a- Please. Right. Millennials and Gen Zs and why it's really dumb. <laughs> yeah, it, I, again, it started because some girl, some kid just bought yoga pants and called it, what they called, flare-ups or something? 
flare pants, whatever, like something that the millennials like, I can't believe. By the way, I don't understand yoga pants, man. They're just leggings that feel weird. Yeah, it's just spandex leggings. I'm not a yeah, big fan of that. spandex leggings. As someone who did, like, dev, I did behind the night for a while, so I'm more used to wearing patiana pants, is that what it's called? Bro, more... we call them dhuti. Dhuti, yeah. It's dhuti. like baggy, very baggy pants. Please yeah, I, lo- I think what <coughs> they call, like, in English, it would be harem pants. Harem. Yeah. And it's, like, very nice and loose. I'm old, I only know that. I'm not a big yoga pants person. But, yeah, it's just, like, there's a lot of commentary about it. I saw one person saying how... Oh, it's because millennials, they don't want, like, Gen Z to have the same, like, um, insecurity issue that they had to deal with when they were at that time. But at the same time, the Gen Zers are more like, they don't care. (laughs) It's so sad because it's mostly millennials starting fights with Gen Z people. Did you see the songs? Oh, my God. The songs. (laughs) And what's even funnier. Don't tell me what to wear. What's even funnier is that they they use quote unquote Gen Z terms like you'll see in Fox like I'm not gonna target it to a certain news channel but I actually will for now <laughs> Fox News oh god my, where they use cancel my man culture? they use cancel culture like it's part of politics bro I, it was it was made so we could so we could expose YouTubers yeah it's not and so now cool. you're using it to cancel. And the way they use woke, like woke corporations, like what? The woke left, like the woke left, the woke please. corporations, the woke Gen Z, and I was like, "You're you're damn right, we're woke. Yeah, we want to we cancel you." <laughs> They're so scared, and I just think the idea, the use of a lot of slang. Again, um, just want to point out a lot of the slang words that we use right now. I say slang in quotes because it really isn't slang. Um, it it stems out of African American vernacular, and it's like, guys, you gotta give credit where it's due. Duh. And millennials, they just think it's just cool internet slang. It's more than that, you know what I mean? Oh boy, <laughs> it's pop culture is there's like a lot of intertwinements, and like we said with Visco girls, this idea of making fun of girls for the things they like. Moral of the story: Do not use Gen Z language in news. It's totally unnecessary. We made it up for fun so we can cancel YouTubers and expose them for their wrongdoing. Yeah, the term cancel was not made to be put on a political scale. I find it so funny. Yeah, when like, like, oh, hashtag cancel the green, the green deal. I'm like, bro. No, stop, stop. That's huh? you stop. No, it's so funny when I see someone like Tucker Carlson say, the woke left oh, is trying no, to... Oh, no, 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 that man. <laughs> the woke left is trying to cancel... Okay, let's, let's, not go, go. let's not go that far. <laughs> let's not go that Man, you're so old. You shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> you're so old. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, man. If he ever watches this, I would like to thank him for giving us a listener. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we have two minutes left before we call it a episode. Yeah. I'm going to just take one more sip of water. Same. That was our pop culture segment. What's poppin'? Hmm. Uh, what about we give a tease about what we're gonna do? We're thinking about doing a AP exam special because in little over a week, there is AP exams are gonna start. AP world exams are gonna start. Yep, and yours truly's are going to take it. Me and Deb. So, 
For, and for those who are and for those who are taking AP stats, geez, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Honestly, <laughs> we're thinking about. But no, doing... seriously though. Yeah, we're thinking about doing a episode before, like just uh, how we've been doing these past few months, preparing like a few days before the paper exams, and then a aftermath of the AP World exams. A little bit after and... the twentieth, and we after, after the digital. So stay tuned for that. Of course, we'll maybe, probably... maybe, maybe, maybe there may be an episode about the royal familia. Yes, uh, I know it's been overdue, but since the uh, passing of Prince Philip, it's like a very hot topic right now, as well as the interview with Meghan Markle. Royal family has been a very hot topic, so we're going to touch upon that, and we also are probably going to do a little episode, a little mini episode in between while we prepare for APs, a little episode about being city girls. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> That's a good first, ep- second episode. Uh, Deb, any final words before we sign off? Yeah, it is six thirty-five in New York. Sorry, Long Island, New York, and the weather seems very gloomy. There's just rain out of nowhere. But yep. I hope you guys are having a good day. <laughs> yep. So, with that being said, I've been Ash. She's been Deb. Thank you we for will coming. forever be Ash, and we will forever be Dove. Thank you for coming to our lunch table, and stay tuned for the next episode of Tiffin Talk. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Lots of love. XOXO. <laughs> okay, guys. Have a great rest of the day. <laughs> all right. All right. No more. No more. We're dragging this on. All right. CYA, Bye-bye. y'all. CYO. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's finish recording. One, two, three, go.